Good morning. Let me add my welcome and Merry Christmas to you all. Could we do that together? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I had a ho-ho-ho there somewhere. <laughs> uh, my name is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Community Church. And uh, thank you for joining us for this Christmas season. I know we have another service this evening. So if you know someone who would like to come, please encourage them to come uh, tonight at 7. And uh, we're, we're grateful for the opportunity just to, to join together in this time. Um, we have been in a series during this Advent time on, uh, called The Christmas at Grace. This, and this week we're going to be looking at a particular um, character from this Christmas story and how they encountered the baby Jesus. And so we're going to be looking at the shepherds, and today's message is going to be called The Response of the Shepherds. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, especially verses 8 uh, through 20. So let me read this, and then we're going to pray. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would set apart in our hearts and minds, help us, Lord, in this time to prepare for this Christmas day. Lord, prepare hearts and minds as we're, as has been mentioned, we're thinking about lots of things. We're thinking about gifts. We're thinking about things that still need to be wrapped. We're thinking about food. Some of us are thinking about traveling. Some are thinking about gathering. Some are thinking about sicknesses. Some are thinking about tasks unfinished and calls yet to make. Some are thinking about loved ones who are not doing well or, or not here with us. But Lord, we ask that you would help us now to hear your word. Help me to share it in a way that's helpful and clear. A message that's familiar to most of us. But like your word always does, there's things for you to speak to us about. And so I pray that you would speak to us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Five boys and one older sister. I was a third of six kids. I was raised in a family that believed in Santa Claus. And that day had finally come. I was probably about five years old. That day that I'd hoped for, talked about, thought about, all the gifts I had thought about, all the things I had asked for, this day had come, and this day was going to be magical. There was wonder in my mind. Had I been good enough, would I get everything that I asked for? How is Santa Claus going to make it into my house with all those gifts? My brothers and I tried to go to sleep early the night before. We tried to go to bed maybe an hour earlier than we usually did, hoping that the night would go faster. But I couldn't sleep. I was so excited. I had been awake what seemed like a really, really long time. And it was, I had already been downstairs at 1 a.m. 
I didn't go into the room, but I looked in there, and I saw the gifts were there in the light of the Christmas tree. And so I saw these presents, and I didn't dare uh, go into that room, but I tried to slip quietly back upstairs, and being like any other ADHD boy I probably was, I woke up all my siblings. And they were excited too. I tried to whisper, but couldn't contain the joy and the excitement. I'm sure my parents downstairs heard the giggles, and they told us, do not get up before 6.30 a.m. But hearing the footsteps upstairs and hearing the noises, they figured there's no way they're going to keep us up there another five hours. And so Dad came to the bottom of the stairs and said, Okay, kids, come on down and see what Santa got for you. And it looked, you know, it was like this. Notice that we have matching pajamas coming down. Pajamas we got the day before. Growing up, Christmas was amazing. It was a magical thing. It was like a wonder to it. There was incredible joy and gladness and over-the-top excitement. But the first Christmas that ever happened was even more joyful than any home that you've ever experienced joy in. As these shepherds that we're going to talk about and we're going to look at today were surprised because they were surprised by a joy that they didn't even know about ahead of time, that they hadn't even anticipated. This Christmas, for them, changed their lives. And for us, and for those who believe... It changes our eternity. And I think that the big idea as we look at the shepherds and look at their response to this Christmas gift, this baby, Jesus, the big idea is this. Like these shepherds, let us also pursue, adore, and share God's greatest gift. So I want to talk about three points about these shepherds. The first point is this, that they were unlikely. They were unlikely. Reading again from these first few verses in their section, it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. These shepherds were the unlikely people to get this message. Shepherds were like the lowest in the uh, society realm in terms of impressive people. They, their dress was very, was very poor. They, they wore wool. They wore uh, skin of an animal. Underneath, they had a tunic and an outer cloak um, because they were out in the sun and the rain. Uh, they didn't shower much. They were, not, they were not nice people to be around. And in that society, because of, because of their, where they were in the society, they were not, people didn't spend time with the shepherds. You didn't go and ask counsel from the shepherds. You didn't go spend time with the shepherds. You didn't fellowship with the shepherds.
And in this lower caste, smelly, unclean person that looks that people look down to, and, and, and they were frequently ritually unclean because they were around animals that died and so forth, and touching these things, they weren't really, or even the religious people didn't spend any time with them. But these shepherds also, there was, uh, they were usually nomads, and they would travel from one area to another area where they could find uh, good fields and, and fresh water and so forth. But these shepherds that we're talking about here in Bethlehem, they were, they were a different type. Can I have the next slide, please? These shepherds, they had, they had shepherds that were actually nearby to Bethlehem, and these shepherds were thought to be ones who were caring for the lambs who would be destined to be sacrificed at Passover. There's a group of shepherds that their job was to care for these flocks, and if the sheep was pure, if it was unblemished, it was, if it was spotless, it could be sacrificed for people's sin and to atone for their sin. But even these people were unlikely to be the ones that God would share this message with first. In verse 11 it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see, this is an unlikely time for them to hear about this message because people had waited hundreds and hundreds of years for this Messiah to come. And for this Messiah to come, it probably would have come to those who are involved with royalty because this was a king. This was the son of David. This was the Christ child. The Christ child is is the Greek word that was used for the Messiah as we hear it. And this was a promise to those who were descendants of David. And so it says that this promise that was made through the angels to these shepherds was a promise of salvation, a promise of hope. Most of those who were looking for Messiah were looking for kind of a a resolved military situation where they were an oppressed people by the Romans at that time. And so for them to hear an an unlikely message to an unlikely people that they were to be the ones who benefited from this baby that was being born, this son of David, this savior, was an amazing amazing message to them. And then at the end of our little section here, verse 12, it says this, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This was an unlikely appearance of a king. This was unlikely. They were the poor ones. They were the ones who were looked down on. They were the ones who did without. And yet the angel said to these lowly shepherds, these people at the very bottom of the social rung, saying, this is the sign that this is your Messiah. This is the way that he has come to you. This is the way that you will know what baby you're looking for. This sign is that this child is not going to be born in a home. This child is not going to be born with royalty or with royalty or protection around it. This child, it says, will be wrapped in swaddling cloths. The rags, the strips of cloth, 
that the poor used to wrap their babies. And the baby itself is going to be in a manger, the trough of the animals. This is the sign of your king. This is the one that you will know. Because, you know, we probably think, well, how will I know which baby to go and see? Well, I imagine that night there's just one that fits this description. And isn't it amazing, the God that we serve, that time and time again, the people that we see that he interacts with, the people that we see that he cares about, the people that he notices are the ones that society around him don't notice. The people who are not impressive. The people who some run away from. And time after time when you look at Jesus as his life continued and as he grew, he was noticing the unlikely. Now, I don't know about you. In a society like ours and the way I was raised, you, you wanted to be significant. You were hoping to kind of be impressive. You were hoping to stand out and that you'd be noticed and appreciated and respected. But in this case, like in many other cases, Jesus starts off his ministry with the unlikely person. And even with them, he was the unlikely person. But that's the sign that God gave. Just like God gave other signs later on about us. He said, you'll know who my people are by the way they treat one another. By the way they love one another. That's how you'll know who my people are. So the shepherds were the unlikely people. And then we also see in verses 9 through 14 that they were undone. It says in verse 9, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, fear, they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I want to look at this verse 9 at this point. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now we see in the scriptures several places throughout the Bible where the angel of the Lord appeared to people. And in almost every situation that I can imagine or that I remember, the people fell down or they were filled with terror. In fact, almost always the first message to those people from the angel is don't be afraid. So whatever this angel of the Lord looks like, it was terrifying to see. But not only does it say the angel of the Lord appeared to them, it says... The glory of the Lord shone around them, so the whole night was lit up with the glory of God. We represent it as light. We show a brilliance of light. But there was something about the Shekinah glory 
that was almost too holy to be in the presence of the glory of God. And times like when Moses came into the presence of the glory of God, God would say, take off your shoes because you were in holy ground. When we sing silent night, holy night, we're not just talking about an angel. We're talking about a holiness of God, a presence represented and embodied in one sense in the glory and light that shone around them. And it says they were filled with great fear. They were undone at that moment. And then it goes on in verse 10. It says, And the angel of the Lord said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So again, when these angels show up in this particular situation, don't be afraid because I have some good news for you. This word, these words, good news, is what we get our word gospel from. Gospel means good news. Don't be afraid because of this presence of God, this holiness of God, because I have a gospel message for you. I have good news for you, he says. News of great joy, which will be for all the people. And when it says here, all the people, it doesn't mean that everyone is going to be benefited by this child because this child came to those whom he would, God would save. This is, this is a proclamation for all people. To the Jews, they just thought the message would just come to them that the hope would come to them, that Messiah was for them, the Christ child was for them. And here we have a, a first picture that the gospel is for all peoples, for all the nations. Don't be afraid. I have a gospel that gives great joy for all the people of this world. And here's that gospel message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the good news. This is is where we draw our greatest joy in the Christmas season is the fact that this Messiah child came, took on flesh, and became a savior for all mankind. And then it says about how these shepherds were undone. It says, verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So, We don't know. So this is Greg's wonderings. (laughs) Did did God just give like to the angel, like you go and tell these shepherds about this. And the rest of them are like, like, can we go out there too? Can we come out there too and celebrate? I mean, we are celebrating in heaven this birth. Can we we just party out there with them? Because I don't know, you know, why, you know, 
They're always trying to make it a little bit easier on, on the person that the angel comes to. The angel, just one angel comes and makes them feel like they're dying and they're dead in the holiness of God. And it says, and immediately, suddenly, there's all these angels showing up. I mean, there is rejoicing in heaven, Scripture says. When one person comes to Christ, there's rejoicing in heaven. Imagine the joy of these angels now. When that message now finally has come out to all the people through these shepherds. And they immediately break forth, it says, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. What does that mean? This isn't just a wish for peace on earth. This is about a greater peace, a peace with God. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. The Bible teaches us that without faith, it's impossible to please him. The work that we do, if you would call it that, is to believe in the one that God has sent. And maybe you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you know the Christmas story. Maybe perhaps you've even been to church and finished catechism or finished membership in a church or gone to Sunday school. But have you put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ? As, if, as your Savior. Because peace with God is peace with those who have believed in the Son. God so loved the world that he gave his Son, that whoever would put their trust in him, would believe in him, would not perish but would have eternal life. So these shepherds were undone. They were unlikely, they were undone, and lastly, they were unrestrained or unwavering. I couldn't pick the right one, so I kept going back and forth. They were unwavering, they were unrestrained. And the first thing we see about how they responded to this message, because that's what this is really about, how did these, how did these shepherds respond when they got this message? It says in verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. You see, these simple, probably very little education, no status shepherds, who knows if they left anyone to take care of those sheep after they heard about this child being born, they decided. They made a decision. They said, this is the most important thing right now to do. This is the most important message we've ever heard. It says, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They believed. And they decided, I'm going to do something about this. I'm not going to just think about this. I'm not going to just hear about this. I'm not going to just be a part of productions and services and activity, but this is a decision that I'm making. I'm going to believe in this message that was told to me. And in verse 16 it says, and they went with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They went with haste. You can tell that they really believed it because there was a, an immediate response to the message. There was a, a quick leaving to go. And you know, when, when you encounter the Christ child, whether for the first time or whether for the hundredth time or longer, do you, do you still decide to follow? Do you still follow him and pursue him? Make haste to do that? I mean, I can re- I've reflected on my own walk with God, my own quiet times, my own spirit devotional times do I do I adore him and make haste knowing that the one that wants to meet with me the one who's come for me wants to have fellowship with me he wants to know me he wants me to know him do I respond humbly and eagerly like these angels I didn't look up. Did we have those pictures? <laughs> yeah. And so, I'm sorry, that was a little early. So they were, we were unlikely. These people were undone. They were unwavering. And we see that also in verse 17. It says, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. You see, they were, they were not only personally moved by this, they were moved to respond on behalf of those people who, were, who had not heard yet, who did not know about this child, who also needed a savior. And so... They were not impressive. They would not normally be knocking on people's doors or approaching people to tell them about this baby Jesus. You know, That wouldn't have been their style because, again, people would probably reject them, felt that they were outcasts, shouldn't be near them because they were unclean. And yet, after they saw this baby, they wanted to make this known. They wanted to tell other people about it, about this Messiah child. They wanted other people to have the great joy that they had with this good news, this gospel message. Worship team, you can come at this point. And I wonder about all of us. Do we, do we just forget how desperate life is without Jesus? how depressing it is, how discouraging it is, how empty it is. How people who die or are suffering many times have no hope because they have no Jesus. They don't know, they don't know the message that we have. And yet these humble shepherds, as, as inadequate as they were looked at by society, God said, I can, I can go to these people because they're going to take that message somewhere with them. They're going to they're gonna go knock on people's doors. They're not going to worry about, their, about what other people think. They're going to go.
go knock on doors. They're going to go talk to people. They're going to talk to the people out in the market. They're going to keep sharing this good news. They're going to be, because their joy is fueling this, and they're convinced of who the Savior is. You know, I know that we're pretty familiar with this Christmas story. Next one. Who, who has seen this one before? Uh, the majority. And, you know, this, this kind of message has been going on for a long, 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 long time in terms of, you know, the Christmas specials you think, you, we watch and so forth. And, uh, and it's, it's usually like, you know, what's the true meaning of Christmas? And it's usually it's like, it's not materialism. It's not the things that you get. It's not your gifts that you get. That's not what the true meaning of Christmas is. But could I add a couple more things that we make Christmas into? It's about the family getting together. The true meaning of Christmas is about, you know, we got the home alone stories. You know, we got to get back. To, we got to be together. You know, that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about having this meal together and spending time together and enjoying food together and or about the plans that you have. And you find out, my brother can't come. You know, people are sick in this family. And they can't be together. And so Christmas, we think, is about the family. And I love being with my family. I do. I do. But, you know, when the angels, the angels met those shepherds and say, hey, let me tell you some good news. This is a great opportunity for you to get together with your family and be together and celebrate. That wasn't, that wasn't what they were rejoicing over. It says, as Linus said, there's a message of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's, that's where we should be getting our joy in tomorrow, today, next week. A Savior that is born. And it closes our section with, you see, the continued response of worship. It says in verse 20, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as had been told them. The response to this message was to, to believe, to go, to adore, to tell others, and to continue to praise. And our big idea is like, like these shepherds, let us also, let us also pursue, adore, and share God's greatest gift with those around us. Let's pray. Lord, what a, what a kindness that you would come to the, those who are unlikely. Lord, you came to us. You came for us. And we don't have enough in ourselves or anything really in ourselves that would set us up that we should have been ones who heard the message, who heard the good news. There are so many around us who have not 
And there are so many of us who've heard it, but we've moved on to something else to find our joy in. So Lord, refresh us, remind us, renew in us the amazement that the Son of God would humble himself, be born in a manger, suffer a very difficult life, and yet be a pure lamb, a pure lamb that was worthy and sufficient to pay for all our sins. So we give you thanks and praise. And we go in joy as well. In Jesus' name, amen.